What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Uh, Derek, we're less than 72 hours from kickoff Kentucky-Auburn. It's coming up. It's uh, it's exciting that it's going to be here. Uh, good news for us folk who are waiting it out is uh, you got some Big implications in baseball and uh, also some NBA playoffs last night, right? Jamal Murray, big shot for – or big game, yeah. I guess. I didn't watch all that game. Uh, but still some other things going on. And we'll actually have a special episode later today, too, just discussing basketball things and maybe a little Joey Gatewood talk. But a lot to talk about today. And we, uh, we're glad to have Josh Vitale of the Montgomery Advertiser, part of the USA Today Network. He joined us for an interview. Um, good stuff, I thought. Yeah, uh, Josh is someone you know. I didn't know. I had I'd seen his name pop up and with some stuff with Auburn, but that's a guy that you're familiar with. Uh, and that's what we're going to do to over the course of this football season. Probably do some stuff similar when we get into basketball season too, Derek. Because we, it's good to have somebody on. Like I told you, so this is the first time I've ever really interviewed someone from another opponent's perspective. It, it's it's really it's different too when you're getting into. You have to really know the other roster. You have to know the other team. And I think that's what's good is it it gives you an advantage to where when you go into this game Saturday, sure, I'm sure some of you pay attention to the opponent, but you, you'll know more about the Auburn roster after this interview today. Absolutely. And I've always been someone as a writer, you know, I, I do our Cats Balls football yearbook. With, with that, I have to do quite a bit of research. But at the same time, uh you know, it's hard to know every single team's roster. And at UK, you know, I could tell you some guys who are might play as redshirt freshmen, guys to watch out for. Whereas if you're doing opponent previews, a lot of times you're looking at kind of what they lost, maybe who else can step in. And it's hard to kind of know those guys who – because in college football, you always have guys stepping up every year who maybe you didn't hear a whole lot about the year before. And I think Josh was able to provide us uh, some perspective on that and just perspective on what Auburn expects this season. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting matchup Saturday. Derek, 2020 has, has been a curveball for everyone. I mean, it, I was sitting – I was literally sitting on the porch last night. It's it's fall. You could feel it in the air. And I'm thinking, it wasn't even spring yet when all this happened in yeah. March. And here, where is summer gone? And now we're in fall and football's here. To me, it almost didn't even feel like September because Kentucky hadn't been playing football. But now it finally feels like we're there. Terry Wilson spoke yesterday. I think that – was that the first time Terry had spoken publicly since the interview with us? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So, uh, that, least, I mean, that's – Wasn't he on was – no, he's on Fine Bomb the same day. He was. He was on, yeah. on Fine Bomb the same day with us, which is very – it's weird because he would he would talk every week if it were normal interviews. So you hadn't even heard from Kentucky's quarterback in a month. 
I mean, that episode, we published that in August. So it it's finally feels like now we're getting somewhere with this, that it's game week. Uh, I know a couple people from Kentucky that actually got tickets to get into that game this weekend. Really? I, yeah. Like You got any uh, intel on the price they paid? Because I've seen some I, secondary markets have been crazy at some schools. Like cheapest tickets have, around 300 bucks. I have no idea. Uh, they told me, they said, I managed to get two tickets. And I was like, wow. And they might in. possibly, <laughs> yeah, they oh. might possibly be two of the only fans there that aren't family, which is, yeah. that's what I think I'm interested in seeing is just how, how weird will this be Saturday down there? Like, will it be, will it feel like a football game when you look at the environment? I'm, I, it's At least it's not going to be dead silent. There's going to be quite a few people in the stands, that, but I'm interested in seeing how it looks and everything. Yeah, you'll be there. Uh, I felt like watching these games on TV, you know, like the Louisville game, for example, you can get some crowd shots here and there, but I feel like the play on the field is not much different. I mean, I feel like you're still watching college football. I mean, maybe some, some teams are rustier than others. Coaches on the sidelines are wearing face masks. But besides that, I mean, the college football that we all enjoy, I feel like is still there on the field, even though all the things surrounding it won't be. And I know it would have been cool to, like we've talked about before, I mean, when we left the Auburn basketball game, whenever that was, I guess uh, January, I thought, you know, here, you know, nine months from now or whatever, I'll be right back here for, for a game. It was the one I was looking forward to the most. But um, it's still happening. And and something we'll talk to Josh about, it's almost like with this new schedule, Kentucky catching Auburn first game of the year, I mean, I think probably helps you, okay? I think so, too. And it will be weird. It'll be weird when I'm down there Saturday and – you know, the environment, things that it might feel a little different than a normal SEC football Saturday, but I can tell you one place it won't be weird, and that'll be at the Butcher's Pub with locations in Palmville and Williamsburg, Kentucky. Derek, today is that day. It's Wing Wednesday. It's the most delicious day on that menu. Make it out to the Butcher's Pub. Like I said, I'm always – you want to praise the zombie sauce. That's the sauce that I'm going to keep coming back to every single time, but if you don't like the zombie sauce, they have plenty of options. Garlic Parmesan. Island teriyaki, gourmet barbecue, mango habanero whiskey, Carolina mustard barbecue, buffalo, orange chipotle, kicking Cajun, 75-cent wings all day long on Wednesday, both locations. If you can make it out to the Butcher's Pub this weekend to watch the game, get out there. They'll, be, they'll have those on the TV. Uh, but, Derek, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into that interview with Josh Vitale. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is attorney Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily. We're joined now by Josh Vitel of the Montgomery Advertiser. He's the Auburn beat writer for that newspaper. Josh, how you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you? Doing well. Um, wanted to start off by asking you a little bit about the, I guess, internal expectations at Auburn for this season because it's a program that's kind of fascinating to me. Uh, one of the better programs for sure in the SEC West, but also maybe uh, – I don't know. It seems like every time they lose a game down there, it's like Gus Malzahn's on the hot seat. So it's just a fascinating team to me for that reason. But what are some of those expectations you think over there internally? 
Yeah, it's definitely fascinating because they're a, maybe a top 10 program, but only the third best team in their own division. And the expectations are to be one of those, to beat those two best teams. Um, I think the expectations internally are pretty high. I think Auburn believes it can compete with an Alabama, with an LSU this year, um, with a new offense coming in with Chad Morris and what he's going to bring to that. If I don't know if they get that far. Um, that's the problem with Auburn. Uh, no matter how good they are, Alabama is still right there, and Alabama is still very good. Uh, I think the expectations are to compete to win the SEC West. Whether they can do that, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think we'll know until we see them on the field. But I think that's what the expectations are, is to at least compete for that, that title. Josh, this is a matchup that doesn't happen often. I think it's so, I think they've played seven times since 1994. But when you look at the slate in the SEC this weekend and, and in college football, is, is this the best matchup? On paper, it seems like it. I mean, I think Kentucky was ranked for a second, so it was a ranked matchup, at least in the USA Today poll uh, for a minute. Um, I think it should be a pretty good game, especially being first. Um, there's a lot of things about the matchup that kind of – strength on strength or supposed strength on strength. I mean, Auburn wants to throw the ball more this year, has more explosive plays. Kentucky is really good at stopping both those things. Um, Kentucky is a very good rush offense. Auburn prides itself in being able to defend the run and doing it without Derek Brown and Marlon Davis in this season. So I think on paper, it's a really good matchup. Some of those linebackers for Auburn seem to be pretty impressive. Uh, K.J. Britt, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but Owen Pepo, is that how you say Pepo, that? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he was a five-star recruit out of high school. He'll be going into his sophomore year uh, with, you mentioned Davidson and uh, also Derek Brown being gone now. How much more of an importance of, of a role, obviously, because those two guys up front were, you know, really freeing up those linebackers. And not to say that Auburn's defensive line at some point won't be a strength, but rather right now it's kind of hard to know. But how much more of an importance do you think Britt and, and Pepo and some of those other linebackers will, will have in this game? I think they're going to be huge because, uh, like you said, the, the defensive line, I think, could be pretty good. Um, but their starting defensive tackle next to Tyrone Truesdale, who they named yesterday, is a former, you know, weak side defensive end recruit who came in at 230 and has put on 70 pounds since he was a, a true freshman last year. Not 70 pounds. He's up to 270. Um, so that's going to be a, a different look uh, inside for Auburn. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be up to those those veteran linebackers to – key the run-stopping effort because you don't just replace a Derek Brown. You don't just pick up where you left off. You can be as successful without him um, in the long run, but you can't just – is the first candidate playing without Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson together in four years. So that's going to be an adjustment. So having a veteran first-team All-SEC guy like Britt leading the linebacking core is going to be really important for Auburn if they're going to stop that rushing attack. Now, Josh, there, we could talk about, you know, strengths and weaknesses all day, but we really don't know until these two teams take the field. I mean, Kentucky's breaking back Terry Wilson off an injury, but is there an area where you think UK could exploit Auburn, Auburn going into the season that maybe there's some question marks there at a position group? It's a good question. I think the secondary, especially at cornerback, is maybe less experienced um, than it has been in the past. Uh, the starter opposite Roger McCreary, who's back from last year, is a redshirt freshman who only played four games last year in Jalen Simpson. So I think Auburn's very high in him, but if you were going to attack a spot, it might be might be cornerback. Um, but I think Auburn's defense overall is going to be pretty sound just because it has been every year under Kevin Steele. Um, no matter how many guys they lose, they have the talent to replace them. So 
Um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough matchup. I think the key for Kentucky in this game is going to be to not let it be a high scoring game, which Kentucky's defense is normally seems pretty good at. But if if this game gets into the 30s, I think that's when Auburn's gonna have a huge advantage. If it's in the, the low 20s, I think it could be a pretty even game. Something that's interesting to me about this game uh, mostly pertains to the fact that I have little doubt that top to bottom, Auburn has a superior roster to Kentucky. But I do think Kentucky's experience um, and maybe just the continuity too. I mean, I know Chad Morris is coming in. Obviously, Gus Malzahn has always had a big influence in that offense. But Morris is coming in. They lost some of that practice time with him in the spring for a new coordinator. But do you think this game being played early – uh, to me, I feel like it probably helps Kentucky just because Kentucky probably knows itself a little bit more than perhaps what Auburn does. Does that make sense to you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because um, like you said, Auburn, there's a lot of hope for the offense, but it is mostly new and they've only had it on the field for, you know, 20-something practices over six weeks. Uh, the offensive line has four new starters and Gus Malzahn said last week, they haven't even practiced altogether that often because there were guys missing due to injury, possibly due to quarantine for a while. Um, so they haven't had all the guys in practice. So, yeah, there it's it's possible that you know it could all click for Auburn and they can come out swinging from the first you know whistle. But it's also possible that it takes a little bit of time to find a rhythm on offense for that offensive line to get used to playing together against an opposing defensive line. Um, so the fact that this game is Week One and they are playing a team that is kind of as veteran laden as sound as Kentucky could even the matchup more than the talent dictates. I mentioned the quarterback matchup earlier. You know, Terry Wilson coming back from injury, Bo Nix coming back with, with some things to prove, more, you know, more accurate in the passing game and taking some shots and things like that. When you look at that matchup, are you is that the most intriguing matchup of the game is just the two quarterbacks? I think it's interesting for sure. Um, like you said, it's 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 two different stories. It's one guy who wants to prove he's back and healthy and one guy who wants to really show that he's taken a sophomore leap uh, in Bo Nix. Um, he, was, he was good last year. Um, some games he was almost great. And uh, some games you were like, wow, this kid's really, he's a freshman. He's playing against the, the toughest schedule in the country. So I think for Auburn, uh, there's been so much talk about his growth, so much talk about how good the offense could be with Chad Morris. Um, I think he's going to want to come out and prove that all the stuff we've been talking about is true. And for Terry Wilson, he wants to come out and show like, I'm healthy. This team has a quarterback. We're playing a very good defense. I want to go out there and beat them. I think it'll be fun to watch to see how those two perform. I think one of the interesting matchups in this is going to be between Auburn's wide receivers and tight ends versus UK secondary. Um, statistically, Kentucky's secondary is very good last year. I do feel like part of that had to do with playing in some poor weather conditions and uh, the SEC East was, was pretty wild for quarterbacks. A lot of teams had to go their backup. So, We'll see, I guess, how, how good this unit really is this year. But obviously, Auburn, uh, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, two guys who are very good. Are there any other Auburn wide receivers who you think people should be aware of going into this game? Uh, you got a, Eli Stove, who is a veteran um, senior. Didn't have a great year last year, but um, Auburn trusts him. He's a good kind of underneath slot guy. Um, and then Shedrick Jackson, Bo Jackson's nephew, who Auburn has – they believe he'll be kind of a surprise this year. They think he's going to step up into that maybe fourth role behind those big three and Stove, Williams, and Schwartz. So those are the two additional names to watch past the big two. 
Now, Josh, Kentucky has some freshmen that made the two deep. Uh, backup quarterback Bo Allen. They have a safety, Vito Tisdale. Uh, just from the Auburn side of things, are there any freshmen that you could see making an impact for them? Has Gus mentioned any through camp? Yeah, uh, both Shuri and Redshirt. Um, they're going to have a, a Redshirt defensive tackle uh, starter. Um, they're going to have some freshman running back probably. I don't know if they'll make a huge impact, but they'll play. And Tank Bigsby and Mark Anthony Richards, they'll be part of that rotation at running back. Uh, wide receiver, you could see some freshmen on the field. Uh, they have a, a bunch of four stars at that position. And the secondary is um, there's a lot of freshmen who can contribute there. Jalen Simpson's a redshirt. He's going to start uh, at corner. Uh, Chris Thompson's a, a safety who could rotate in behind the starters. Um, there's a there's a, a few. I think defense, defensive tackle, too. You could see two true freshmen and Jay Hardy and Zagibius Walker um, play a role. UK fans, if you want to follow Josh for an Auburn perspective, you can follow him on Twitter at Josh Vitel. Uh I won't be down there. I think Sean will, but for you guys going to the game, be safe and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily. Derek, some good stuff there from Josh. It was. Uh, we appreciate Josh coming on. He is someone I reached out to. <laughs> probably two weeks ago just to get this thing set up and um, ended up pushing it back a few days from originally planned. It just made more sense, I think, for both sides to do that. Um, no, good intel on Auburn. You know, this is a matchup that I watched. Uh, it's called Late Kick. It's part of 24-7 Sports. It's a live show that runs, I think, every two days. And they, they were discussing this matchup. It seems to me, Sean, that it has been a consensus form that this is the best game in college football, at least on paper, going into Saturday. It absolutely is. I think it's been – it's the best matchup to this point, I think, yeah. in the season just because by now you know you know what you're getting from Kentucky. Like you're, you're at that point now that I think that regardless of who is the opponent, you know Kentucky's going to bring it and they're going to challenge you and they're going to compete and they're probably going to give themselves a chance to win. That's just – I think that's what you see 90% of the time now from Mark Stoops' club. But – what I was getting to with the Terry Wilson question, I've, and for some reason, like, I've been trying to think how in the heck to ask this the last two days. And it, it popped on, it really popped in my mind right as we went to that break, because I told you. What I've been trying to get to is out of those two quarterbacks, they both have some, so much to prove. You know, Bo Nix was inconsistent. He, he was spectacular at times, like Josh said, and then there were other times you could see that he was a freshman. And most of their plays in the passing game were, you know, those, some of those short throws, like I mentioned yesterday, that I think they're going to do for Terry. And then the play action, taking the shots down the field. But when you look at Terry, who has a lot to prove just with his health, and then you look at Knicks, who wants to prove that he's ready to take that next step and move into that upper tier of SEC quarterbacks. Derek, if is there a team, though, if these two quarter, which one has to play the best for their team to win is what I've been asking. We've seen Terry manage games two years ago when they had that team. He, did, he didn't blow the, the roof off at Vandy when they beat Vandy. He didn't play great at Missouri. He's played – I guess that's what I'm getting at. Which roster fits better? Which one needs their quarterback to perform better? I think with it being the first game of the year, and you heard from Josh, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's already a big deal anyway on paper because Auburn had to replace four of its five starters. But then you hear him say that – 
they've not even really been able to practice that much together. That to me should be a huge storyline. If there's a position that you want continuity and you want <laughs> the communication and you want those guys to be comfortable, it's absolutely the offensive line. And it's not like, I mean, for Kentucky, you've got Quinn Bohanna back, uh, Mark McCall at nose guard. You have Josh Pascal moving back down. Uh, you have uh, Phil Hoskins. Like you have guys who have played a lot of football for Kentucky who are experienced, who know, you know, what they're going up against. And that's a big deal. And because of that, it makes me question, you know, to me, it make, to me, it makes me feel better that Kentucky's going to be able to, to slow down that run game because you know they're going to want to run the ball. Gus Malzahn always does. So if UK is in a spot where it's shutting down the run game and you're getting in third and eights, third and nines, like I think Kentucky's defense can do that. And it probably has a better shot to do that as opposed to Auburn's defense, which I do think will be good. Uh, but, you know, I like that matchup of UK up front on both sides of the ball. And because of that, I think you might get in some positions where Bo Nix is going to have to be a little bit better with his arm than maybe a Terry Wilson. But I don't know. I think that's a great question. It's a great point. Um, knowing what he said, Sean, if Kentucky doesn't I'm – I'm not even going to say dominate because Auburn still has players who, who are good players. But if Auburn – or, sorry, if Kentucky does not win that battle up front defensively, will you be surprised? Or, I mean, to me, I think I will be at this point. I think I will be too. And I think that's a question. We're going to have Cole Kublik on. He's going to be on the grounds at Jordan-Hare Saturday. He's the If they do the broadcast the way they have been doing it, Derek, Tom Hart and Jordan Rogers will be doing it from their house. And I'm, I'm assuming that's how it'll be. But Cole, being the sideline reporter, will be down on the field. We're going to have him on again to preview this matchup. And I think I'm going to ask him that. Which quarterback has to play well? Like, certainly has to play well for their team to win. I honestly think it would be next just because I think Kentucky, we know what they have at the offensive line. We know what they have at their ground attack. And, I mean, they didn't throw the ball last year, and they found ways to win. So, obviously, they know. But, certainly, you Kentucky and 80 grand that offense, they want to be able to sling that thing around and be more balanced this year. They do, for sure. And I was uh, I was doing – I wouldn't say it was scouting. I was more so watching some Auburn stuff from last night, from last year's games, just to, just to be more familiar. I've never been someone who does the, the scouting things just because it's not really my realm of, of expertise. But the game I watched was Kentucky – or, sorry, Auburn versus Florida. And I know Bo Nix did have some good games. That was a game he did not play well in. And, I mean, it's a true freshman on the road against a top-10 team. I'll, you know, it's not that surprising he didn't play well. But he is somebody that – I would say the good news for Bo is he, he has top to bottom. He has better receivers than what Terry Wilson has to work with. I mean, Seth Williams for Auburn is a game breaker. He had a really good game against Florida last year. He had a good season. Uh, Schwartz is one of the – he's going to be one of the fastest players on the field. He's a guy that when you talk about big play potential, and UK's done a pretty good job the last two years not giving up a ton of big plays. Well, he's somebody who kind of has game-breaking speed, and you got to be aware of him and – Josh mentioned a few other guys for Auburn Stove I was familiar with, uh, but he was listed as a backup, actually, which I found interesting. But he's a veteran wide receiver. So, Nick's has some good options there. Auburn's running backs are interesting to me because I think down there, if you listen to some of their folks talk, I think they think they're pretty good at running back. But the guys they're going to be playing are, are pretty inexperienced overall. Uh not totally new. I mean, some of those guys, Tank Bigsby was one of the top recruits last year. I think he was listed with an or as a potential second string guy. So we'll see. I mean, but to me, if I, you know, maybe folks down at Auburn are just kind of saying, you know, this is Auburn football. Maybe they're like Charles Barkley where they're saying, you know, it's Kentucky football. We ain't worried about UK football, but that would be very concerning to me. I think it's, and that's what I was trying to get at when I was talking to Josh is I think it's a tricky matchup to play such an experienced 
team like Kentucky, even if you feel like you do have more talent overall, it's still going to be a tough game. I think they'll go up against a team that, you know, whatever Auburn throws at Kentucky, you know, it's not, it's not going to be anything new. And these players, the size they see, whatever at Auburn, like they've gone up against guys just as big, just as strong. So to me, I'd be a little bit worried if that was, if I was an Auburn fan, just in that regard. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. I mean, I, I think that that episode was, was solid and, Good. I mean, that's good moving forward. We'll have somebody on from Ole Miss to next week to preview Kentucky and Ole Miss. Uh, Derek, one plug, though, that I want to give is you mentioned this Daryl Bird story about Eddie Grand uh, that came out on in the Cat's Paws magazine this week. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, I've actually been skimming through it here, and there's a lot of positive reaction from it. There is. Yeah, Daryl, um, the story is titled uh, Eddie Grand's Angel Among Us, and Eddie spent 10 years at Auburn. He was talked about that a little bit yesterday, but um, he had a daughter named Sydney who was born. I'm trying to find the thing. Is HPE? Is that the? Yeah. It was basically that's when the brain, you know, in the first trimester of the pregnancy, the brain doesn't develop into two halves. So those babies who are born that way typically don't live very long at all. And his daughter Sydney lived to almost be six years old. So really the story was just about, you know, Eddie's not really been back to Auburn since that, and he'll be going back. He's not been back in his coaching career, but you spend a decade somewhere and you have that kind of attachment to a place where you have, you know, he raised his family in Auburn, at least some of them. And to have something like that happen, he still has a daughter who lives in Auburn actually. Uh, so I'm sure for him, it'll be a good homecoming. That story, if you want to read it, it is on catspaws.com. It's a very good story from Daryl. Uh, Daryl will be down there Saturday. I know he was wanting to meet some of those people he interviewed for that story. But, you know, Eddie opened up about it, talked about it, and uh, Daryl talked with the Auburn team cha- uh, chaplain who was there. And it's it's really a moving story. And whatever your perspective on Eddie Grand was before, this story certainly humanizes him. And uh, I think you'll have a newfound respect for, for Eddie Grand once you read it. I think so too. And I recommend you to go read that story. It's a wonderful story. I noticed Tom Leach just now plugged it on his Twitter feed too. So you can find it there as well with the link. Uh, but Derek, another solid episode of Kentucky daily. We're, we're moving forward with Kentucky Auburn pretty soon. We're going to have some football and we'll actually have some results to talk about, but this has been another episode of Kentucky daily. We'll see you next time. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.